There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to our Wednesday edition of the podcast. We certainly like to welcome each and every one of you that are listening. And we thank the Lord for you. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty. We have a Windows-based system we use, and our new microphone system is not working properly, again, with Windows. And I'm not sure how to resolve that. And we've been digging into that. But hopefully tomorrow we'll be back online with the new microphone, the new setup. Until then, you may hear some background noise, some traffic, some horns, tires squealing. That's just our neighbors. Don't mind them. Uh, but in the meantime, we just want to preach the Word of God. Tonight through Friday night, we're still here at the Shippensburg Independent Baptist Church in Shippensburg, Pennsylvania. And looking forward to being with Brother Wagner and the folks. Our Lord's given us good services thus far. We thank the Lord for that. We need that real stirring of God within us. We need that real stirring of the Word of God in hearts. Being on Sunday, then, we'll be over in Blaine, Pennsylvania. That's our home church, our sending church. We'll be there on Sunday at 9.30, 10.30, and 6 p.m., and then all next week at 7 o'clock p.m. each night. So if you're in the area, I'd love to have you come. If you're able to make it, we'd certainly be glad to have you in the service as you pray about whether the Lord would have you come or not. There's no price too great to pay to sit under the preaching of the Word of God. If God requires it of us, so be it. I've traveled for hours to be in services and got exactly what God required of me in those services. I've traveled six hours to make one statement in a service, but I know this folks will thank God that I drove six hours to make that one statement. And so it's what the Lord would have you to do. It's what the Lord would have for you, and I pray that you'd be obedient to the Word of God. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. That's how important the kingdom of heaven is. You find that little bit of a treasure, what do you do? You say, oh my goodness, I'm going to just take and I'm going to search through that field. I'm going to sell everything I have and buy that field and search. That's the kingdom of heaven. And uh, But the word of God speaks of the kingdom of God when it says this. And he tells us, by the way, we are commanded to do this. And yet there's folks that will not obey the command of God. We're to examine ourselves, and yet we, there are folks that will not examine themselves. We're commanded to search out these things, whether they be so. There are folks that will not search out these things, whether they be so. But he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. I usually offend folks when I talk about you don't need a job, you need God. And yet they put their job ahead of God. You don't need sports, you need God. You don't need an education, you need God. I've known many godly men that couldn't read or write. I've known people that love the Lord that didn't know how to read or write. And everybody goes, well, you've got to balance that out. You've got to have a balance in your ministry. If you die without Christ, there's no such thing as balance. It's heaven or hell. There's nothing in between. 
And if you have a great job and you're financially astute and you have a good retirement and you live comfortably in retirement, what if God calls you to die at 55 years old? What if God calls you younger than that, leaves your family high and dry? Sure, they'll be financially stable, but they won't have God. Why? Because you focused on the thing that God did not require of you to focus on. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. Not a lot of folks seeking the kingdom of God. Not a lot of folks found that little bit of a treasure. By the way, it doesn't take much treasure to want you to buy that field. You find that little bit of treasure in the kingdom of heaven, you'll sell all you got and buy that field. You know why? Because you'll realize this is a heavenly thing. This is something from above. This is something that's never going to be replicated in my life. This is my one chance to just know God, to see the things of God, and to worship Him. And that's a wonderful thing. It's a marvelous thing. He goes on to verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, why? Because it's so valuable. There's nothing more valuable in this world than knowing Jesus Christ. There's nothing you can put a price on in this world of knowing Jesus Christ. Yet so many have financial gain. So many have educational gain. So many of them have all the perks of life that men seek after. And they scoff at men of low degree. And they scoff at the poor. And they scoff at those that live in poverty. But my friend, to know Jesus Christ has more value than anything you could ever understand. That is the kingdom of heaven. And you find that pearl a great price. Sell all that you have and go after that. And that's why Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Why is he looking back? Because he's always looking behind him to see that thing he misses. He is just like Lot's wife. She looked back towards Sodom. God turned her into a pillar of salt. She was longing for that that she had left, not seeing a land that God had prepared for them, not seeing what God had put in front of them. And it's just like the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. They're looking at Egypt. They're longing for the leeks and the garlic and the onions. And all oh, they were so fed, but yet God had given them angels food. God had given them manna from above. And yet they're looking back to Egypt. A man that finds that pearl a great price is not one that looks back. He's not one that looks around to see if anybody else is buying it. He's not looking around around to see what his friends are doing. No, he knows it's a pearl of great price, and he sells all that he has to go obtain that pearl, that he might purchase it, that he might have it. That's the kingdom of heaven. It's a wonderful thing. It's a marvelous thing. It's a glorious thing. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world, he said, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And again, we see the illustration I talked yesterday. I likened it to the church, but I wasn't trying to correct the Bible in any way, shape or form. The world is the field. Those tares and wheat grow together in this world, yet God gathers them all. The dead, small and great will stand before God. So it is with the fishes. He draws that net full of fishes. What did he do? He separates the good and the bad. He takes the good for himself and leaves the trash, if you will. And my friend, there's a lot of illustrations I could use, but I'm going to use the illustration of religion. So many religions, just in our community, we have a church of God. We have a full gospel church. We have a Jehovah's Witness Hall, although I do hate to call them a church. We have a Catholic church, a Lutheran church, Presbyterian church, all these pop-up churches, the rock, the pit, you know, and all of those things. We have Mennonite churches, Amish churches, Brethren churches, River Brother, United Church of Christ, Church of Christ, United Brethren. 
brethren in Christ, German Baptist, Anabaptist, every flavor you can imagine. We have church. We have religion. We have an LDS temple 25 minutes down the road. Uh, we have Seventh-day Adventists, two churches in the, in the Chambersburg area that are SDA. And again, you have all the contempos. You have all the pop-ups. You have all the hotel churches. You have all the secret meeting houses. All types of people, all steeped in religion, all having a little bit of truth. But you realize on that great day when God comes and that sickle is put into this earth and God pulls the harvest off of this earth, he is going to separate the good from the bad. He's going to separate the just from the evil. He's going to separate, sever the wicked from among the just. That's what he's going to do. He's going to cut away the deadness. He's going to cut away that which is dead. And the only ones left, people say, you're the only one preacher, you're the Bible-believing Baptist, you're the only one going. No, but I know this, I am going. I know that for sure. And one of the things I know for sure is when God separates, he's going to cut away those that have rejected the truth. They would not receive the love of the truth. They would not believe the word of God. They had religion. They had little nuggets from the kingdom of heaven. They had little pieces of the kingdom of heaven. They had proofs of the kingdom of heaven. Many of those I mentioned carry a King James Bible, but they don't see it as the word of God. They don't see it as holiness and godliness. And they have these little pieces of religion that could show them Christ if they would just take a hold of that. We have Jewish synagogues. They can take a hold of what they have and believe this man, Jesus Christ. We have Muslims. Two Muslim mosques within 40 miles of us that I know of. There may be more than that. Uh, they too could come to Christ. They could see the truth and the reality that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They have a little bit of truth. They have little pieces of truth. They have their conscience. They have nature. They have that light in their belly. They have those things. You know, as the kingdom of God is likened unto this, God's going to separate in the end of this thing. God is going to take that sickle and cut that into the earth, and he's going to sever the wicked from among the just. And the only ones that are just are just in Christ. They've been justified by faith of Christ. Those that have received him, part of the reason the attack on the doctrines of the word of God, part of the reason there's an attack on the soul of Jesus Christ and the faith of the soul of Jesus Christ is because they do not believe that we're justified by faith of Christ. They do not believe what the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. They try to say, well, that gift of God is not faith. God doesn't give a gift of faith. No, that's when you repent. That's when you ask. That's when you call. That's what saves you. No, it is a gift of God. But can I say, my friend, it's a gift of God to every repentant sinner that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives that faith, gives saving faith, the faith of Jesus Christ. That's what the attack is on. That's what the dispute is over today. And they deny that. How can a man deny the truth of the word of God and claim to be saved? How do they deny the doctrines of faith and claim to be saved? That man with a proud countenance will not see this. And as a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said that uh, they actually call this heresy. Yet, the Apostle Paul said, all I do is preaching what the law and the prophets said. Just telling you what the word of God says. But they call it heresy. Why? They don't believe the word of God. And when that sickle is put in the earth and he cuts away the wicked from the just, he's cutting away those that do not believe the word of God. And I don't care how great your religion is. If your religion is not based on the word of God, it's hopeless. If your faith is not on the word of God, it's hopeless. Heard a young man preach this week, and he made the statement over and over again, I have a biblical salvation. Now, I realize a lot of folks could say that, would say that. 
They'll say, well, I have a biblical salvation. I call it in the name of the Lord. Well, I have a biblical salvation because, you know, I took the sacraments. I have a biblical salvation because I was baptized. I have a biblical salvation because I'm a part of the church. I have a biblical salvation because I live right. You know, anybody can claim that. But a biblical salvation is one that is in Jesus Christ. And their only hope is Jesus Christ, not works of righteousness, which we have done. And so God is going to separate that. That's what the kingdom of heaven is likened unto. Yet men live in this earth, just like the tares and the wheat. They live on this earth, but God's going to separate. No matter how religious they are, no matter how good they think they are, God is going to divide them. God is going to separate them. He goes on, Jesus said unto them, have you understood all these things? They said to him, yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, therefore, every scribe, which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven, is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. The honor of being a scribe, the honor of taking the word of God and bringing out of that good treasure all of these things, both old and new. What an honor, what a privilege it is to be a scribe in the days of Jesus Christ, to bring forth those things. What a privilege it is today to be a God-called preacher. I count myself among the privileged. I count myself among the privileged because God has made me a preacher. God has given me the word of God. Having the same spirit of faith, I believe, therefore have I spoken. It doesn't put me above anybody else. I just feel that privilege. I feel honored that God would entrust me with his word. But I also know this, to whom much is given, much shall be required. It doesn't come without a price. It doesn't come simply or easily. It comes with paying a great price. And yet, what a price it is. It's worth it all when you see others coming to Christ. It's worth it all when you see others being separated unto Jesus Christ. By faith, they cling to the word of God. They love the word of God. Their hope is established in Christ. What a joy, what a privilege, what a reward on this earth. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in the synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works. So again, they see the works of Christ. They see the wisdom of Christ. They understand absolutely something different about him. But then here's what they don't understand. This is what they ask. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brother and James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? Is this not the carpenter's son? No, it's not. He does have a brothers. He does have a mother, according to the flesh. But this is the son of God. That's what they missed. This is Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the son of God. That's what they missed above all else. If there's one thing they needed to see, it's Jesus Christ is the son of God. But again, the doctrine's established here. He had brethren. And that's one of those things that most religion chokes on. They don't want to believe the word of God. And by the way, if you deny this truth, you're in danger. He had brethren just like he had a mother. He had an earthly father. Joseph, no doubt, uh, married Mary brought it to himself. They had other children. He had brothers. He had sisters, according to the word of God. But yet Joseph was only his earthly father. Joseph had no part in the life of Jesus Christ. His throne will be inherited through the seed of Joseph. But yet he's the son of God, Jesus Christ, the righteous. In verse 56, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And so this is the 
people that he knew from his childhood. This is the people that knew him at the time he was a child. This is the people who knew his mother and his father and his brother and his sisters. And they knew who they were. They'd known him. They knew he was the carpenter's son. They'd watched him from the time he was but a youth. But they would not believe that he was the son of God. Because of that unbelief, they, they knew he spoke words of wisdom. But because of that unbelief, he would not do many mighty works there. And yet we see in places he did great mighty works. Why? They believed. They came by faith, and yet they would not believe. No different than this today. God cannot work in a heart of unbelief. Jesus Christ cannot do for some what he's done for others because they have that evil heart of unbelief. They will not believe the works of Jesus Christ, but more importantly, they will not believe the word of Jesus Christ. Therefore, he is going to separate the wicked from the just. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.